Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. Let your name be glorified always. Let your name be lifted and be above every other name. I pray that when this service is concluded, let the lives of your children be transformed. Let them grow closer to you in intimacy and in fellowship. And I pray that let the name of your son, Jesus Christ, be lifted up above every other name that is in this place. In the name of he who died and rose again. And God's people say, let's clap hands for Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So Psalms chapter number 92 Psalms chapter number 92, verses 12 to 15. Psalms chapter number 92, verses 12 to 15. I'm speaking on flourishing like a palm tree. Amen. Flourishing like a palm tree. Turn to the person next to you and say, neighbor, neighbor. You, look like you look like a palm tree. Yeah. All right, so let's read it. Please don't get offended. Amen. Welcome to Liberty Arena Church. Psalms 92, verse 12 to 15. Uh -huh. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Uh -huh. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord mm -hmm. shall flourish in the courts of our God. Mm -hmm. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Mm -hmm. They shall be fat and flourishing mm -hmm. to show that the Lord is upright. Mm -hmm. He is my rock mm -hmm. and there is no unrighteousness in him. Now I want you to look to the other neighbor on the other side. And I want you to say to them, neighbor, I know pastor said this last week, but you look fat, you look fat. and flourishing. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is our season to flourish. Amen. This is your season to flourish. Amen. And you are going to flourish. Amen. No matter what. I gave you definitions last week. And I say that when we talk about flourishing, it refers to growing or developing in a healthy or vigorous way. Especially as a result of a favorable environment. So I repeat myself. When we talk about flourishing, number one, it means to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, especially as a result of a particularly favorable environment. So what is going to determine whether or not you flourish in this year is not going to be the market economy. It's not going to be the family in which you grew up in. It's not going to be the relationships that you have. But what is going to determine your flourishing this year is going to be your connectivity to Jesus Christ. Am I communicating to someone? Because when it comes to education systems, even the world can get access to those systems. We can all go to the same schools. We can all have access to the same food. But the one defining or thing that brings differentiation between us and those that are in the world is the presence of God in our lives. So the presence of God in our lives is going to be that favorable environment 
that is going to cause you to flourish. You've got something that the world doesn't have. Am I communicating to somebody? I was going through scripture and uh, I was reading the story uh, of one of the most famous and prolific prophets called John the Baptist. I don't know if we can read that quickly. Matthew chapter number 3 verses 4 to 10. I'm going to try to be quick today, amen, because I know people are fasting. When people are fasting, they're a bit cranky, amen. So, Matthew, I'll be quick. Matthew 3 from verse 4. Yes. And the same John that had his remnant of camel's hair mm -hmm. and a leathern girdle about his loins, mm -hmm. and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Mm -hmm. Then went out to him Jerusalem mm -hmm. and all Judea mm -hmm. and all the region round about Jordan mm -hmm. and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Mm -hmm. But when he saw many of the Pharisees mm -hmm. and the Sadducees mm -hmm. came to him to his baptism, mm -hmm. he said unto them, O generation of vipers mm -hmm. who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth, therefore, fruits for repentance, mm -hmm. and think not to say within yourselves, mm -hmm. We have Abraham to our father. Mm -hmm. For I say unto you, mm -hmm. that God is able of these stones mm -hmm. to raise up children unto Abraham. Mm -hmm. And now also mm -hmm. the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Mm -hmm. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit, mm -hmm. is hewn down. So we've just read, we are hearing about a prophet that is called John the Baptist. The Bible says that he used to wear camel's hair and a leathern girdle. And what makes John the Baptist a very interesting character is that the only other prophet to wear the kind of attire that John the Baptist wore was Elisha in the Old Testament. When he died, nobody was there to pick up the mantle. But thousands of years later, John the Baptist comes according to Isaiah uh, and calls him the voice of the one that is crying in the wilderness. And he comes with a prolific prophetic ministry to announce the coming of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus' testimony about John the Baptist was there is none amongst those that are born of women that is greater than John the Baptist which means that the ministry of John the Baptist was greater than the ministry of Moses. It was greater than the ministry of Gideon. Any Old Testament saint, even Abraham, his ministry was greater than all of those because he got to announce the coming of the Messiah. I don't know if I came to church today. And so what makes you great in the kingdom of God is your revelation of Jesus Christ. Are we together? You can know everything else, but if you don't know him, then you are considered the least in the kingdom of God. But what I love is that he goes on to say that, however, even the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Which means you and I are greater than John the Baptist. But I want you to watch and see the ministry of John the Baptist. John the Baptist uh, was very sharp in his approach. In fact, those that looked at him in those days considered him a madman because of the way he dressed and addressed himself and also the way he spoke to people. Instead of being part of the system of the priesthood in Jerusalem, 
he decided to go and start a ministry right in the wilderness, far from the city. This was not a strategic move. And yet, according to the scripture that we read, we read that people used to come from within the city, right into the wilderness where he was. He did not plant the ministry in a favorable environment. In fact, the school that was responsible for schooling people that would teach the gospel or rather teach the Torah, he was not part of it. He was grown in the wilderness. That is where he encountered God and picked up the prophetic mantle. And so I want to use this as an example. <laughs> that it doesn't matter where you find yourself this year. You just missed what I said. It doesn't matter where you find yourself this way. The Bible said, and people came from everywhere, all over Samaria, Judea. They came to hear what he was saying. They moved away from the elaborate temple that had been built. But they were going into an uncomfortable situation in the wilderness to hear the voice of the Lord. Because what people are after is solution, not pampering. You will join me very soon. So this year, listen to me, you will flourish no matter where you find yourself. You are going to flourish. Because there is something that you carry inside of you that out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. So even if you find yourself in a desert, you don't need a well. Because you yourself are the well. <laughs> I wish I came to church today. You will cause even a dry place to begin to flourish and to blossom. Can I prophesy to somebody this way? That you are going to flourish in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That it doesn't matter the struggles that you have been going through in life. I declare flourishing. I declare flourishing. I declare flourishing. I declare flourishing. You will flourish in Jesus' mighty name. You will flourish in Jesus' mighty name. Your relationships will flourish. Your finances will flourish. Your spiritual life will flourish. I declare flourishing. I declare flourishing. Somebody shout flourish. flourish. Come on, shout flourish. flourish. Number two, we said the definition for flourish means to grow, to grow sorry, luxuriantly. So when you are flourishing, you are growing luxuriantly. Am I communicating to somebody? I don't know if you know luxury. I remember in Zimbabwe, this is Africa, by the way. We used to have these buses that they used to call luxury buses. And they would be traveling from town to town. But I tell you what, man of God, those buses were not luxury buses. Because we would all be packed in there like sardines, amen. They would call them luxury, but that was not luxury. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the God that wants to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. God is promising you luxury. Luxury. Somebody say luxury. Come on, say it with an American accent. Say luxury. Luxury this year. Amen. And then number three, we say to flourish means a sudden burst. Which means it will come unexpectedly. You can't calculate what God is about to do. Your life is going to become so sporadic and unpredictable that people will fail to figure you out. They will think your life is over, but all of a sudden, suddenly, you will burst forth with flourishing. Somebody shout suddenly. Shout. 
I just remembered uh, a joke that my sister-in-law was telling me that, oh, Prophet, when you were saying suddenly, I remembered the movie called Prophet Suddenly. No, that's not the one I'm talking about. I have not watched it, amen. I'm talking about suddenly flourishing. Hallelujah. Say suddenly. And remember, we also say that to flourish, that definition in Hebrew actually means to fly. Which means you are going to be elevated. You are going to reach certain heights this year that you have never reached in your life. You are going to break barriers and limitations that have been in your life. Am I communicating to somebody? Some of you, there are things that nobody in your family has ever achieved. But I declare that you will be the first one. You will be the record breaker. I'm saying good morning to your life this morning. Am I communicating to somebody? And then lastly, we say that flourishing, it also means to blossom profusely. To blossom profusely and then to spread. So it means that your flourishing will not be located in one location. But it's going to spread to every area of your life. I've seen people that at times it's just one area of their life that is working. Everything else looks a mess. But the promise of flourishing is that you will not just blossom profusely in one area, but it will begin to spread from your spirit right through to your soul, right through to your relationships, right through to your finances, to your psychology, your mindset. Some of you, you have never known what it means to have peace of mind. But in this year, God is going to cause you to blossom profusely. Somebody shout, I'm blossoming. Somebody shout, I'm blossoming. Somebody shout, I'm blossoming. Now, I want you to read Psalms 92 again. Read it for me again. I have to be quick because I'm running out of time. Psalms 92, verse 12 to 15. Yes. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So we say the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. So this promise is not for everybody. This promise is for what? The righteous. So for you to enjoy this, make sure first of all you are righteous. Don't just jump and scream. Check the condition. Amen. And the person doesn't say, don't look down yet, but he's talking to you. And so remember, I told you that in the Old Testament, the measurement for righteousness was the commandments. There were over 613 commandments in total. You had to obey all of those. You see even the haircut that I have today. This was going to disqualify me from blessings. Because when you cut your hair, you were not allowed to put corners on the edges. Oh yeah, I'm being for real. Go and read, go and read um, Exodus, uh, Leviticus numbers. You were not allowed to put corners. So this was going to disqualify you. Am I communicating to somebody? And so nobody could measure up. With the way some of you love pork and sausages and bacon and you were going to go to hell. <laughs> and so when it comes to the commandments, nobody is able to live up to them. That is the honest truth. We can try to portray uh, a righteousness to people, but the truth of the fact is none of us can attain that level of righteousness. And so when we now come into the New Testament, God came in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. What he did then is he fulfilled the law. And after he had fulfilled the law, 
He went on the cross and died for our sins on the cross. And he took on our sin. And then he gave us his righteousness. So there was an exchange that happened. So that what we could not attain in our own strength, God gave it to us as a gift. So righteousness is not what you do. It is a gift that leads you to do. I knew it was going to take you a little bit to figure it out. But I'm happy you got there. So righteousness is not what you do. Because if it's going to be what you do, then the Buddhists are doing a better job than you. The Muslims are doing a better job than you. Because some of them have given more than you, you have given. Some of them have shown generosity more than you have done. Some of them are doing more charitable deeds than you. So if the qualification for heaven is deeds, you and I fail dismally. But if the qualification is faith in Christ, then even us who are weak, we qualify. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. Which means there's no, now no condemnation. Romans chapter number 8 verses 1. To those that are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So you and I are qualified to flourish as a result of receiving the gift called righteousness. I want you to turn to the person and say, neighbor, say, I know I messed up last week, but I am righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. You are righteous. You yourself, you might not believe it, but you are righteous. Am I communicating to somebody? I remember I was having a, a discussion with somebody. I love talking to religious people because I'll ask them practical questions. And I was asking this person, and I said, let me ask you a question. The day you die and you're going to heaven, or if you do end up going to heaven, are you sure that your life will completely be exactly like the life of Jesus Christ? He remained quiet. Because we were having an argument where we were saying, no, no, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, you must keep the Ten Commandments. And I said, no, no, I don't deny those things. But you don't keep them in your own strength. Grace is what empowers you. And when you fall short, it covers up. Because the day you die, trust me, you will not be perfect like Jesus. Because the qualification for heaven is Jesus Christ. So if your righteousness doesn't measure up to Jesus Christ, better receive his as a gift. Otherwise, we are going. So people go to hell. <laughs> Not for sinning, but they go to hell for rejecting the way of salvation. Somebody say, I am righteous. I am righteous. Somebody say, I am righteous. I am righteous. Isaiah chapter number 3 verses 10. He said, tell the righteous, it will be well with them. For they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. So when you hear me saying, it is well with you, it is well. Because the whole prophet was told, go and tell the people, tell the righteous, tell the righteous that it will be well with you. You enjoy the fruit of your deeds. Listen to me, this year you are going to enjoy the fruits of your deeds. May you enjoy the fruits of your deeds. But I pray that also those that are around you are going to enjoy the fruit of your deeds. I say those that are around you enjoy the fruits of your deeds. 
Psalms 92, verse 15. Read it for me, please. I've got about 10, 15 minutes. We have to go home. Psalms 92, verse 15. Uh -huh. To show that the Lord is upright. No, verse 12. Sorry, from verse 12. My apologies. Mm -hmm. okay. From verse 12. Mm -hmm. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Mm -hmm. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord uh -huh. shall flourish in the courts of our God. So now here is the second condition. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they are the ones that are going to flourish. I want you to turn the person next to you again and say, neighbor, man, we've been doing this all morning. But are you planted? Because if you are going to flourish... You must be planted. Yeah, because some people are like, they are nomadic Christians. You know what nomadic, when I say nomadic Christians are, they go a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit here. They take souvenirs from every place and they are trying to build something with it. But what you have now is an abomination of spirituality. Because you have mixed all kinds of things around you and nothing is working for you because you have now also become a bunch of confusion. Can I speak like your pastor today? Amen. Be planted. Yeah. If you are not planted, stop complaining. Find somewhere where you love and be planted. I'm not the one who said it. Moses said it. God said it through his prophet. He said, if you want to flourish, learn to be planted. Am I communicating to somebody? Amen. Say, be planted. be planted. Say, be planted. be planted. Now, the most interesting thing is that word planted there, it's not just planted, but it's act it actually translates in Hebrew, transplanted. When something is transplanted, it means it's been taken from one environment. And it's been put into another environment. So before you were out in the world, but God took you from the world through the gospel. And then he transplanted you into his courts. So now you are in a favorable environment where you are going to flourish. So first of all, being planted is to be planted in the courts of God, speaking about in the presence of God. And then number two, to become part of a church, a local church. Am I communicating to somebody? You can't be planted in a church without first being planted in the courts of God. You have to first be in God for you to be planted in a local church. Am I communicating to somebody? Say, I am planted. Somebody say, I am planted. Never in my life have I ever come across a tree packing its bags, and then you can see the tree walking on its root, saying, now I'm going to be... No, no, no. When a tree is planted, it is there permanently. Am I communicating to somebody? That's a word our generation doesn't understand. Because we move by convenience. Whatever is working for me that season, that is what I will do. But I guarantee you that I believe this is one of the reasons we are seeing a high rate of divorce. Because people have not learned to endure. So when storms of life come, people walk away. Because they feel there's something out there better. I can find somebody. But you don't know the trickle. When you start dating that person outside of you, they will offer you everything you are not discovering in your house. 
When you finally go there and you enter their house and you see there are cockroaches everywhere. There's everything is dirty and you see, and you see like ah, this person, I thought this person was doing and you realize that the grass was greener in your house. Amen. The other one was just artificial from burnings. So learn to go through life. Life is not, the fact that you are anointed and you are blessed, it doesn't mean that storms are not going to come. I'll get there. They are going to come. But graduate, pass the test and graduate to the next level. Am I communicating to somebody? Say, be planted. Say, be planted. Say, be planted. Look at this person. Look at the testimony of this group of individuals. Go to Psalms 84 verses 10. Psalms 84 verse 10. For a day in thy courts Mm -hmm. is better than a thousand. Mm -hmm. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God Mm -hmm. than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Listen to me. The person who wrote this was the sons of Levi, who were actually uh, a group called the Kohites. Their responsibility was just to take care of the doors. They were porters, basically, in the temple of God. That's all they did. So all the doors, they were responsible. They had the keys. And he's saying that all my life, I don't desire to be like the high priest. I don't desire to be like the person that burns incense on the altar. I don't desire like to be like the person to just be in the courts of the Lord. He said better is one day, one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand years anywhere else. Think about it. What is it that these individuals had seen in the house of God? That they say that I would rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than be a prime minister out there. Many of us, if we were given the opportunity, we would choose positions in the system of the world than serving even the lowest, if I can put it that way, or basest of services within the kingdom of God. But listen to me. The system, how the system works in the kingdom of God is that whoever is the greatest among us must become our servant. I just missed what I... So the higher you go in the kingdom, the more you must serve others. Nobody in the kingdom of God is a celebrity. You just missed what I said. So if I'm your pastor, I'm not here to be a celebrity. I must pray more than everyone else. I must become a student of the word more more than everyone else. I must fast more than everyone else. Why? Because even though I have the position of pastor, I must become a servant to his children. Am I teaching okay today? They said I would rather be planted just a day in the courts of the Lord. Just a day in the, than a thousand, than a thousand years anywhere else. Listen to me. I pray that may you be planted. May you be planted. And like the cohorts, you will become a doorkeeper. Because when you are planted in the courts of God, you will become a doorkeeper. A doorkeeper. Do you know what a doorkeeper means? It means that you are the one that is responsible for entry and exit. All right, let me come to the Pentecostals because the Catholics are a bit quiet for me today. You can own a house, but if you don't have the key to the house, you can't get in. 
whoever have the keys, you have to beg them to give you the keys so that you can enter in. God is saying through this prophetic scripture that I want you to become a doorkeeper in my temple. Which means that when blessings are flowing from heaven to earth, you are the point of entry and exit. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. When healing is flowing in the earth, you are the point of entry and exit. When ideas are flowing into the earth realm, you are the point of entry and exit. Praise and worship. When songs are coming into the earth, you are the point of entry. Thank God for Hillsong, but thank God for Liberty Arena. You have become a custodian where you negotiate with God and you now have keys. You have understood the principles that open and shut doors. Listen to me. I pray that may the king keys of the kingdom of heaven be granted to you this morning. That become conscious of the keys that God has given to you. Listen to me. When you have keys, it doesn't matter what you lose. You can get it back. Some of you, you have lost things the last five years. It's like your life has just been leaking and leaking and leaking. But I hear in my ear that God is saying keys. Keys are being released. I said keys are being released. I said keys are being released. I said keys are being released. Every key that you need to open a door is being released now in the name of Jesus. Can I prophesy to somebody right now? Because I hear jingle, 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 jingle. These are keys. I declare keys are coming to you. I declare keys are coming to you. May you receive keys to the next level of your life. May you receive keys to the breakthrough that you need in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout keys. Say, all I need is a key. So we've been promised that we are going to flourish. My God. Can I have 10 minutes and then I'll close? I promise 10 minutes and then we're going to go home. Amen. Because I know you're hungry. Hmm. So we've been promised that we are going to flourish. We are going to succeed. But what is the definition of success? Some of, some of the people in the world today have defined success as making money. Some people have defined success as buying, getting the most luxurious car. Some people have defined success as a healthy life. Some people have defined success as promotion at work. But I want us to go into the scripture so that we get the answer that the scripture is giving us in terms of how is it that we define success. Because some people define success as if I'm doing better than you, then I'm successful. But the problem is you can do better than me, but the fact that you're doing better than me doesn't mean that you have attained to the heights of your potential. Because if you are a rabbit and you are running against tortoises, you can't boast of being Usain Bolt. Go and run with your own kind. And then we will see who you are. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. Yeah. So don't boast that I'm better than this person. I'm better. No. What were you created and designed to do? And are you fulfilling that? If you are fulfilling that, then you are being successful. Am I communicating to somebody? So I thank God that God didn't choose my auntie. He didn't choose our grandpa. He didn't choose a man. He didn't choose anything to show us the model of success. Because everybody was going to get offended that why didn't he choose me? But he decided to choose a tree. And said, I'm going to show you what flourishing and success looks like. 
Somebody say the palm tree. And I want us to write some of these things down. Number one. There are some interesting qualities about the palm tree. Number one is that the palm tree cannot burn like other trees. So if a fire goes through an area, you will never see a palm tree burnt. Am I communicating to somebody? Most trees can be burnt and they can be used as fuel, but not a palm tree. And the Holy Spirit started ministering to me that the first place you must become a success is when you choose, to, when you choose where you are going to spend eternity. So success must first start in your spirit. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. Success in your spirit is giving your life to Christ and then living for Christ. That is the greatest level of success. Am I communicating to somebody? Listen to me. I think one of the things that we have done wrong as the body of Christ is we have placed emphasis on material things and not on spirituality. But I want you to know that thank God for the blessings that are coming because they are going to come. They have no option. Our daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the thousand cattle on a hills, amen? So those things are going to come. But before they come, I want you to understand that your success first begins with your spiritual relationship with Christ. Your ability to decide where you are going to spend eternity. So choosing Christ and allowing him to indwell you so that you don't spend eternity in hell where there is fire. But you spend eternity in heaven. Because either way, all of us are going to live forever. But the question is where? Hell is not going to be one of those things where you get into hell and then you go like, ha, ah, it's now hot, please turn the air conditioning on. No. There is no air conditioning. I just remember the joke that I had. My Nigerian people, please forgive me today. There's this joke that I had that there was a time that Satan went to complain to God and he showed up in heaven and said, God, I'm sick and tired. And God was saying, what's the problem, Satan? You are always complaining about everything. You complained about Job. You complained about Moses. Now you've come back. What is the problem? And he said, ah, God, no, 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 no. This is too much. And he said, something has happened down there. And he said, what is it that has happened? And he said, there are some Nigerians. They've come down there. They brought a fan. They brought air conditioning. I don't know how they did it, but it's there. Hallelujah. This was where you were supposed to laugh. Thank you very much. So in hell, <laughs> Alex is looking at me like, ah, pastor. <laughs> ah, pastor. <laughs> Listen to me. In hell, that is going to be a permanent place. So you might as well choose well today. Make sure whatever you are doing, you are living for Jesus Christ. Your first success is going to be determined by avoiding the fire called hell. Am I communicating to somebody? Look at Romans chapter number 8 verses 1. Amplified version. Can you read it for me, Shekinah? You keep the scripture that I've given you. Don't worry. I'll use both of you. Romans chapter number 8 verses 1. Amplified version. Romans 8 verses 1 amplified. And then can you open for me Luke chapter number 12 verses 16 to 21. Yes, read it for me. 
Therefore, there is now no condemnation, uh-huh. no guilty verdict, uh-huh. no punishment wow. for those who are in Christ Jesus, uh-huh. who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Do you hear that? The moment you believe Jesus Christ, there is no, now more no guilty verdict. There is no more. So you, you don't be afraid. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. Even if you die, because I've seen Christians that are afraid that if I die, where am I going? If that is you, I'm here to give you the answer today. If you have believed genuinely in Jesus Christ, the scriptures are telling us that there is no more guilty verdict that awaits you. What is now awaiting you is reward. There is a scripture that people normally use. I saw somebody said, oh, God gave me a word, da, 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 da. Uh, da, 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 and then they say judgment is coming to the house of the Lord and they were prophesying and things like that and then I replied and I said yes man of God may it start in your house <laughs> because when people feel like they've cleaned their life up a bit they all of a sudden feel like they are now righteousness police you know righteousness police like they're the ones to make sure that everybody is living right and yet when you left your home, you were fighting and beating. It was Kung Fu there, Jackie Chan versus Jet Li with your wife. And now you are coming here telling us. <laughs> I don't know if I came to church today. When the scripture says judgment is coming, is beginning in the house of the Lord. Understand what that scripture is saying. Because the judgment that now awaits the body of Christ is the great white throne judgment. Which is where we will receive rewards. Not the judgment of going to hell. The decision will not be, you are going to heaven, you are going to hell. You remember those movies we used to watch? Where a person would be sitting there and then people are walking and they'll be like, pointing that way. No, no. That is not the judgment that awaits you. The judgment that awaits you is, what were you faithful, were were you loyal with what God has given you? So many people will make it to heaven, but they are not going to have bling bling on them. Some will become rulers of cities and nations because of their faithfulness in this life. So if I were you, start living for eternity. Because if you enjoy now, eh, some people will be living in... I was going to say some stuff, but I don't want to get in trouble. But use your time in this world wisely. Am I communicating to somebody? Look at this scripture. Read it for me. Luke 12 from verse 16 to 21. Okay. And he spake a parable unto them, mm-hmm. saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, mm-hmm. What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow hey, Am I permitted my to take off my jacket? Is it okay, Pastor T? Okay, otherwise, I'll, I'll get in trouble. If I, Pastor T will come to me and say, but why did you take off your jacket? So I have to take off. Is it okay? I'm feeling a bit hot. Amen. Okay, let me preach, okay? Verse right. 17. Uh-huh. And he thought within himself, saying, mm-hmm. what shall I do? Mm-hmm. Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Mm-hmm. And he said, this will I do. Mm-hmm. I will put down my bonds and build greater, mm-hmm. and there will I bestow all. So look at a man that materially he has become successful. Mm-hmm. 
And after he's become successful, he starts thinking, man, I've got so much money. I'm making it well. I mean, I'm invincible. What else can I do? And he says, let me continue to build more for what I have so that I can accommodate my wealth and riches. Please, I'm not saying that there's something wrong with it, but I want you to get the theme of this parable, what God is trying to teach us. Go to the next one. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to my soul, mm -hmm. soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Mm -hmm. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Mm -hmm. But God said unto him, mm -hmm. Thou fool, hey. this night thou sh soul shall be required of thee. Mm -hmm. Then whose shall those things be mm -hmm. which thou hast provided? Imagine, so whilst he was partying and making merry and planning for the future, and I guarantee you, in the eyes of those that were watching him, he looked like he was wise. But God looked at him and said, you are a fool. So think about it. Is it possible that there are people in this world today that we look up to? That heaven is calling fools. Because they've acquired, even though they've acquired material things, they have not made the most important decision of their life. Which is where they are going to spend eternity. I don't know if I came to church today. I feel like I'm pricking some people, but I love it. Amen. If you see I'm hurting you too much, please just raise your hands. The ushers will give you a box of tissue. Amen. And then you will recover quickly. And God to say to him, you are fool. So listen to me. If there is anything you are ever going to do, if even you never make money in your life, make sure that your life is given to Christ. Live for him. Because this world we are living in might seem like it will last forever. But trust me, it's not going to last forever. Go and look at the photos in your phone from five years ago. And you will see how even your body has started to change. You are no longer as young as you look Go and look at the people you used to know. Time is flying. So don't think that this world is going to last forever. Eternity is waiting for us. Am I communicating to somebody? And then the second fire that all of us must avoid after hellfire is the fire that we go through in this life. Because all of us are going to go through trials and tribulations. Read Isaiah 43 to Shekinah. I've run out of time, amen. My time has actually run out. Yeah. Okay, can I have five minutes? This is the last five minutes. I promise. This is Australian five minutes. Not Zimbabwean five minutes. Amen. Isaiah 43 to King James Version. Yes. When thou passest through the waters, mm -hmm. I will be with thee. Mm -hmm. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Uh -huh. When thou walkest through the fire, mm -hmm. thou shalt not be burned. Hey. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Listen to me. He said when you walk through the fire. When means that there is a time that is coming. No matter how spiritual you are. There is a time where you are going to walk through the fire. But be rest assured that when you walk through the fire, the fire will not harm you. The fire will not hurt you. So you can go through something, but whatever it is you are going through, it will not touch you or destroy you. Can I prophesy to somebody who is going through the fire right now? That this is not where your story ends. I know you are getting ready to pack your bags and leave. But God is saying that I still have one more move to make in your life. 
The, it is not yet over. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you are about to encounter Christ right in the midst of the fire. Had you not gotten into the fire, you were not going to see the Son of Man. But the fire will not just purify you, but it will reveal Christ to you. You would never have known that God is a healer had you not gotten sick. You would have never known that God is a provider had you had not gone through poverty. You had never known that God is a deliverer had you not gone through the circumstance you are going through. But in this season, God said, I'm not putting out the fire. He said you are going to walk through the fire. I feel like preaching today. Can I prophesy to some fire walkers today? That the fire is going to be there, but you walk through it. And like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, people will be looking from the outside. They are waiting for a day where you put a Facebook status to say it is over. I'm going back. But ah, the devil is a liar. There is a generation of fire walkers that God is raising in this season. Water will not keep you down. The floods will not keep you down. Adversity will not keep you down. No demon in hell will keep you down. Because you are going to walk through the fire. Somebody shout, I'm walking through the fire. Shout, I'm walking through the fire. Uh, say, it might be hot. But I'll make it to the other side. Say, it might get hot. But I'll make it to the other side. Because I am a palm tree. Palm trees, they don't burn. They don't burn. You can't use them. Listen to me. You will not be used as fuel in the kingdom of the enemy. Because whenever God begins to raise people, the next thing that Satan wants to do is to publicly humiliate them. As an example to those that aspire to rise and to those that are rising, that if you dare try to attain these level or heights of success, I'm going to humiliate you and I'll bring you down. But I declare that that fear of failure is broken now in the name of Jesus. I said I declare that the fear of failure is broken now. Others around you might have fallen, but you will not fall. I said you will not fall. The grace of Elohim will sustain you. Our case might be the same, but the outcome will be different. I am the righteousness of God. I am a palm tree. Somebody shout, I'm a palm tree. Shout, I am a palm tree. Number two, palm trees are always green. Palm trees are always, they are evergreen. No matter what situation they are in. The crown or the top of every palm tree, you always notice, it might have leaves down that are a bit browny, but every palm tree is always green. Somebody shout, I am green. I am green. Somebody shout, I am green. Not green with envy. Uh -uh. This is green with life. Somebody shout, I am green. I am green. Somebody shout, I am green. I am green. This means that your salvation in Christ is secure eternally. Yes. Every other tree sheds its leaves each season. But when you look at the palm tree, its leaves are evergreen. Which means that it is constantly connected to its life source. The same as you as a believer. There is never a day where Christ rejects you today and then accepts you tomorrow. Every single day of your life, you are protected. You are engrafted into Christ. And your crown, which is your eternal salvation, is secured. Am I communicating to somebody? Let me show you a scripture. Open John chapter number 10, verses 28, the Amplified Version. Quick, 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 quick. I don't have time. I don't have time. 
John 10 verse 28. Uh-huh. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. To all eternity, they shall never by any means be destroyed. Amen. And, and I give them eternal life. And they will never ever by any means perish. My version says, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hands. So the fact that you are going through, it doesn't mean that you are no longer in God's hands. This scripture is saying nobody will ever be. You are still in God is holding you. The enemy thinks he's got the upper hand, but (laughs) you are still in God's hand. Am I communicating to somebody? Shout, I'm in God's hands. hands. Shout, I am in God's hands. hands. Shout, I'm in God's hands. Listen to me. I declare your salvation is eternally secured. According to the, let the spirit of fear end today. I don't know why I'm addressing this. But let the fear of where am I going to spend eternity, let it end today. Because your salvation is secure in Christ. Am I communicating to somebody? Look at what Psalm 68, 19 said. He said, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Which means that as evergreen as the leaves of a palm tree are, every single day God is loading you with blessings. Imagine that you are loaded, loaded with blessings. It's time for you to start unloading to the world what you are carrying. The reason why you feel a heaviness is because you are not unloading what has been loaded on you. But you have to start giving out what is inside of you. Jeremiah said that the word came into me, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. And so I had to speak. So whatever you don't give out when you have been given, it begins to make you uncomfortable. Somebody say, I'm loaded loaded. with blessings. blessings. Somebody shout, I'm loaded loaded. with blessings. blessings. Number three, I'm trying to be as quick as I can. A palm tree is beautiful. You will not see, amongst many trees, even here in Australia, you see that the most beautiful places are often serenaded with palm trees. Which means that God is going to beautify your life. you You might think there's nothing to brag about your life, but there are people that are looking from the outside that are saying, look at this palm tree. Look at the life that this person, you aspire for their life, but they're looking at you and they're saying, God, I wish I had half of the things this person had. Some of you, you aspire to be like your bosses so much, but your bosses are looking at you and they're saying, I wish I had the peace that this person has. They can't figure it out how they have a bigger salary than you. And yet you are happier than them. You are more peace than they are. I don't know if I came to church today. Somebody shout beauty. beauty. Somebody shout beauty. beauty. Number three. Uh, this is number four now, yeah? Okay. Remember in Libertarina, mathematics is not our strong point. And also what? English. Number four. The palm tree takes a very long time to flourish. When the seeds of a palm tree are planted, normally they'll take about four to five months to begin to sprout out. So if you plant a palm tree side by side with another tree, you will notice that the palm tree will take longer to sprout out. After it sprouts out again, it then takes another eight years before it starts producing fruit. Remember, God is giving us a model of how he's going to bless you. 
But though it takes eight years for it to start producing fruits, it will produce fruit even up to a hundred years. Which means that a palm tree will outlive even the person who planted it. Most trees will die after certain years or start produce, stop producing fruit. But for the palm tree, it never produces fruit. According to Psalms 92, even in an old age, it keeps producing fruit. This means that your life is never going to expire. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. This thing that, oh, I will retire. I will, yes, you will retire, but you will still be flourishing in your retirement. Am I communicating to somebody? Because this is the way that a palm tree works. Even in its old age. And here's the most interesting thing. The older a palm tree gets, the sweeter its fruit becomes. Listen to me. This is a prophecy to some of you because you have been waiting for years. Watching other people, trees, begin to produce fruit. But you are not like them. You are a rare breed. You are a palm tree. It might take you years to produce your fruit. But when that fruit comes, I'm telling you, it's going to be sweet. Somebody shout, my time has come. Somebody shout, my time has come. Somebody shout, my time has come. I remember, I remember there was a time in my life, my wife and I were believing for the fruit of the womb. And I remember people would come to our church and some people would come even to my wife. And they would make fun of us and throw all kinds of statements. Like if you, are not, if you are so anointed, how come you are not praying? Why is this not happening? And you know, people will all of a sudden start coming and telling you visions. I see there's this spirit, you need deliverance. You need this, you need this, you need this. But I remember I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Up until I no more had any more words to say. Have you ever prayed and cried before God up until you no longer have any more tears to shed? You are just groaning in the place of prayer. I remember I was crying. I said, God help me. Men of God would look at me and they would undermine me and call me all kinds of names. I'm telling you, there's no name under the sun that I was not called. I remember there was a time I was at a conference and I remember as I was walking away, I could hear chuckling, people laughing at me. Laughing at me after delivering a sermon. That, and then they started laughing. Because whenever even something good is happening in your life, people will look for something that is not working to undermine you. But I remember one sunny day, it was in the eighth year, and it was on the eighth day of December. My wife is here. She was flying out to go to work, and I was driving her to the airport. And it was a day, it was two days after what? Our anniversary. It was the Monday, because our anniversary was on the Saturday. And I remember I had had the visitation, and I saw Michael, the archangel, come into my dream and told me that, Abraham, don't cry. You are loved of God. This time, it is going to happen. And I remember that morning, I woke up. You know when you wake up, us men, you just wake up and, you know, I was brushing my teeth looking for the nearest tracksuit. And put on the tracksuit and then I went there so that I can go and drop it and then pass through a coffee place on my way home. And I woke up, I went into the bathroom and I saw this stick was over there and I said, what is this? And then I saw double line. I kept quiet. Because when you've been waiting for something for so long, you don't want to rejoice in case it's not really there. And so I kept quiet. We got in the car. My wife was quiet. When we were about five minutes to the airport, and I said, that, that, that thing that was in the bathroom, is, is that thing for real? And she said, yeah, it seems it is. I said, huh? I didn't want to show my excitement too much. And I said, praise God. The God has answered. God has answered. God is here. God is here. God has answered. 
When I dropped her off virgin, because she used to fly, she used to fly virgin. When I dropped her off virgin, I remember as I was driving off, Nathaniel Bassi was on loud. See what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. What we waited for has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. And God said, I'm going to use your story to silence the naysayers. So that you will become an example to other believers that are going through exactly what you are going through. That when they feel like giving up, encourage them with your testimony. And let them know that delay is not... Can I prophesy to somebody today? I don't know what you are waiting for. But God said in 2024, this is the year that it will manifest. I said it will manifest. I said it will manifest. The promise of God is coming to your home. This is the year. This is the year. And I remember when we held that baby and people start talking. Oh, we never saw that pregnancy. Where was she never got? Where, where, where did the baby come from? Is it even their baby? That baby is too different from them. <laughs> Whatever you do in this world, you can't please people. But the devil is a liar. Ah, God is going to bless you. Whether they like it or not, this year, God will bless you. This year will be your year of breakthrough. I say this year will be your year of... Somebody shout breakthrough. Shout breakthrough. Shout breakthrough. This year, this year, you will break through. Somebody say, I will break through. Look at this scripture. Go to Genesis chapter number 23, verses 1 to 2. I'm left with four African minutes. Am I preaching okay? I want to conclude this so that next week we are on another level. And don't worry, today we are breaking at 3 p.m. Is that okay? Is that okay? <laughs> it's okay to be happy. It's okay. Because some people are going like, if I show my joy, then people will think I'm not spiritual. You are breaking at 3 o'clock. Penny, is that okay? So 3 o'clock, amen. So that potato salad you were thinking about, you can still eat it before it goes bad. Amen. Look at this. Genesis 23 verses 1 to 2. Read it for me quickly. Genesis 23 verse 1 to 2. Uh -huh. And Sarah was in 120, 107 and 20 years. Eh? That's what he says. 107 and 20 years. Okay. And these were the years of the life. She's a qualified pharmacist. Go on, go on, go on. And these were the years of the life of Sarah. Uh -huh. And Sarah died in Kechazba. Mm -hmm. The same is Hebron in the land of Canaan. Uh -huh. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. So Sarah died at what age? Come on, Sarah died at what age? Now go to 20, uh, chapter number 25 from verses 1 to 4. Genesis 25. Remember, Abraham and Sarah had Isaac when Abraham was 100 years. And Sarah was 90. So don't let any doctor tell you that you are too old. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. 
You are a palm tree. If the doctor says you are now too old, your ovaries are no longer producing enough eggs, tell him that doctor, you made a mistake. Check again my records because I'm a palm tree. That's what we do in the kingdom of God. We might take time, but when our fruit comes, it is sweet. Because our father of faith, Abraham, had a child at a hundred years. His wife was 90. Imagine, people at 90 are walking like this. Go to the HK facilities. And somebody was going into labor. God, will, God is going to embarrass you with some blessings, I'm telling you. You wrote yourself off, but your womb is still working. Read for me. Genesis 25 from verse 1 to 5. Then again, Abraham took a wife. We used to play, when I was young, we used to play this game on, called, uh, on PS called Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. The main actor in Tomb Raider was called Lara. I don't know why I keep hearing. I don't know whether it's Lana or Lara. Is there someone here like your name is Lana or Lara? Something like that. Lana or Lara. Lana or Lara. Lana or Lara. I don't know why I keep hearing Lara. Who is that? Wow. That's her name. Then this message is for her. This message is for him. Because I was seeing myself and I'm playing a PS and I'm playing Tomb Raider and I'm thinking, what does this have to do with spirituality? And then the Holy Spirit said, look at the character. Tell her I said that this is a message. I prophesied to her anyway about this last week, isn't it? She's watching. <laughs> Lara, I prophesied to you that like the palm tree, you are about to bring forth fruit. You are about to bring forth fruit. You are about to bring forth. And I had no idea because I keep hearing. This is now the fifth time I'm seeing the same vision. Read it for me. From verse 1. Uh -huh. Then again Abraham took a wife. Uh -huh. And her name was Keturah. Uh -huh. And she bare him Zimran uh -huh. and Jokshan uh -huh. and Medan. Mm -hmm. and Midian, mm -hmm. and Ishbak, mm -hmm. and Shua, mm -hmm. and Jokshan, mm -hmm. beget Sheba, mm -hmm. and Dedan. Mm -hmm. And the sons of Dedan were Ashram, mm -hmm. and Letushim, mm -hmm. and Lumim. If you keep, it's a whole list of names. These are kids. Remember, Sarah is dead at 127. Abraham is now 175. The guy is still having children. He is a palm tree. He can't stop. He can't help but just produce. Listen to me. This is what you are going to be like. Your life will be evergreen, but it will also be ever fruitful. When people thought Abraham, since Sarah is dead, Abraham is over. No, you are wrong. I have another womb. You shut this business, but this one is still functional. When this gift is not working, another one is working. Uh, you don't know what I'm talking about. You will forever be green and you will forever be fruitful. You will become, listen to me, like a palm tree, like a palm tree. You become, do you know when palm trees are producing their fruit, they don't produce them in singular, like an apple, where it's just one apple, but they produce them in clusters. So you can have over 600 in one cluster of dates. So the kind of blessing for palm trees is that they produce in clusters. So the blessings that God is bringing in your life, they are not going to be individual. 
a little bit here and there. No, no, no. They will come in clusters. I don't know if I'm communicating to someone. One door will open. And whilst you're still trying to figure out how God did it there, you will hear another door creaking open. Whilst you're looking back, the windows will be opening. Whilst you're looking over there, another blessing will be coming into your environment. It will be a cluster, a cluster of blessings that are coming into your life. Somebody shout, Lord, bless me. Come on, shout, Lord, bless me. Shout, Lord, bless me. Listen to me. I declare fruitfulness. I declare fruitfulness in your life. Shekinah, read for me, please. Romans chapter number 6, verses 23. Zoe, come to the keyboard. Let's, oh, very good. So that I can close. Amen. Romans 6, verse 23. Uh-huh. For the wages of sin is death, uh-huh. but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 23. Romans 6, verse 23. Uh-huh. For the wages of sin is death, uh-huh. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No, 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 no. Are you reading Romans 6.23? Yes. No, sorry, I wanted 22. My apologies. Yeah, I make mistakes also. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. It's like he's no longer holy. <laughs> I made a mistake. Romans 6.22. Romans 6.22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and and the end everlasting life. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting. So as you produce fruit in your material world, make sure you are producing fruit spiritually. That fruit is called fruit unto holiness. Am I communicating to somebody? If we had time, I was going to show you in Exodus. But when they entered into the promised land, God gave them a commandment that all of you, your first harvest, you must bring your first fruits to the priest. It wasn't just talking in terms of offering, but it was speaking about our character. Fruit unto holiness. Because the evidence that you have entered into the promised land is the fruit that you are producing. I don't know if I'm communicating something. So the evidence that you have been born again or made alive in Christ is the fruit unto holiness that you are producing in your life. Are we together? Somebody say fruit. Somebody say fruit. Somebody say fruit. Somebody say fruit. I've got two minutes. I've got two minutes and then I'm done. I'm now on number what? Five. Palm trees... A group of palm trees can create an oasis. A group of palm trees. Listen to me. No single palm tree can cover you with shade. But when palm trees come together, they are able to cover us with shade. And so the Holy Spirit was ministering to me that every individual believer, no matter how gifted or anointed you are, always operate within a community of believers. Your gift is relevant within a community. I don't know if I'm communicating to somebody. You can be a good singer, but if you don't have an audience, your gift means nothing. You can be good at writing books, but if your books don't have an audience, it means nothing. So your ability to provide shade is to come into unity with other believers. Am I communicating to somebody? Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, 
But encourage one another, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I pray that may you be sharpened in this congregation of believers. That when you come and your faith is down, may you be sharpened in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let me close with this because I feel an angelic presence here. I'll continue next week. Number six, this is very interesting, but the palm tree can't be grafted. Most trees can be grafted, but not the palm tree. By grafting, I mean that you can take branches from another tree and put it onto another tree. For example, like the apple. You can have one species. I didn't know that there are different kinds of apples. My wife taught me. And I even discovered that they all taste differently. So when you take one breed of apple tree, you can put different branches from different kinds of apple trees and they will produce all those different fruits. But with the palm tree, you can't do grafting. And that's a prophetic picture. Because you as a believer who is a palm tree, you can't take other elements from the world and try to ingraft them into your spiritual life. The moment you start doing that, you are going to become spiritually dead. I don't know if I'm communicating to someone. The moment a palm tree is grafted with branches from other trees, it starts to die and it starts to wither. Listen to me. Guard your spiritual life this year, 2024. Guard your what? Spiritual life. Turn to the person and say, neighbor. Say, no more misbehaving. Say, guard your spiritual life. 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 And this is my last point. Number seven. I, I promise, Bula. Oh, this is my last point. I love this about palm trees. That I remember giving you guys the story that for us, one of the most terrible or horrific natural disasters that happened when we were growing up was Hurricane Katrina. And I remember watching on news the things that had happened. I saw the deep buildings that had been uprooted. Tall, tall skyscraper, skyscraper buildings that had collapsed and fallen down with steel reinforcements. But as they were showing the video, I remember seeing palm trees still standing. And I discovered years later on, when I came across the scripture, that the mystery of a palm tree is that when storms come and when the wind is blowing, the palm tree doesn't remain rigid. It bends. It bends right to the point where its leaves can touch the ground. So if you are looking at it, you think that the palm tree is broken and this is the end of it. But as soon as the storm finishes, slowly it begins to get up. And it has been scientifically proven that when it does that, it is now much more stronger than it was before the storm. Some of you right now, you feel like your life has touched the ground. But what you forgot to check is your roots are still planted. The enemy has not uprooted you from where you were. You are just weathering the storm. But I'm telling you, as soon as the skies are blue and the sun is shining, we are going to see you rise up again. 
you are not going to lose, not even a leaf is going to be lost. You are going to see people that appear stronger than you, smarter than you, wiser than you fall down. But as for you, you remain standing. Because the mystery of the palm tree is going to be at work in your life. Can I preach to somebody today that when storms of life come, don't be rigid, but bend with the wind. When the Holy Spirit says do something, do it. When he says pray, pray. When he says fast, fast. Because if you remain rigid, you are going to be broken with the world. Turn to the person and say, neighbor, say learn to bend a bit. Say learn to bend a bit. Say learn to bend a bit. Listen to me. In this season, I declare that no storm is going to bring you down. I said no storm will bring you down. When all is said and done, you are going to remain standing. You are going to be standing. You are going to be standing. I pray for you that whatever it is that you encounter in 2024, we can never take problems away. Because problems are going to be a part of life. Even Jesus said it, that I don't pray that you take them out of this world. But I pray that you keep them. And that none of those that you have given me may be lost. And so I also pray for you that whatever it is that you are going to go through in this year, may the Spirit of the Lord keep you. May He preserve you. May He strengthen you. May He empower you. Your life will never go down. It might look like your life is over, but you will always rise up. I prophesy to you, child of God, today, and I say, rise up in the name of Jesus. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I shout good morning and flourish. I said good morning and flourish. I said good morning and flourish. Good morning to your finances. Good morning to your finances. Good morning to your relationships. Good morning to your destiny. Good morning to your career. Good morning to every area of your life that was drying up. I declare it's a new day. I declare it's a new season. And may God visit you. May his hand be upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let's give Jesus a clap of hand. Come on, is that the best you can do for Jesus? Is that the best you can do for Jesus? This year will be a good year. I'm telling you, it will be a good year. I'm, I'm not afraid of challenges. Let them come. Because the promise is we will walk through the fire. Keep your head up and remain in the faith. Be planted in the Lord and watch God do wonders in your life. Am I communicating to somebody? Hallelujah. So if we have our tithe and offering, please let's give. Amen. 2024, I'm trying to finish our services early. Amen. I'm trying to finish our service early. Are we meeting tonight for prayer? Should we meet? Okay, okay. So we'll meet at 8 o'clock. Amen. Remember, I said you can break at 3 o'clock. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's okay to be happy. Amen. Some of you, you are acting all spiritual. Amen. It's okay to be happy. So remember, Friday we are meeting again and daily we are meeting via Zoom at 8 o'clock. If you are not getting the messages, 
please make sure you see uh, either blessing or you can see Jamie or Sephora or uh, Deaconess Kathleen. Amen. So that they make sure that you are getting the messages. Amen. Please bear with us because we are trying to sort out any technical difficulties that might be happening. Amen. Are you happy you came to church today? Are you happy you came to church today? Okay, so let's be on our feet. We're just going to pray just for two minutes. Can you put Luke chapter number 10, please? I promise you that we'll pray this every day. Is that right? Luke chapter number 10, verses 17 to 19. Is there somebody here? I'm hearing the name Crystal. I don't know whether it's a name or a place, but I'm hearing Crystal. 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 And I'm hearing it from this side. Crystal. Who is that? Your friend's name is called Crystal. Crystal. I'm hearing Crystal. Crystal. Did you invite her to come here? Uh, I did on New Year's Eve, but I don't, I don't think she made it. You don't think she made it? She said, I'm not sure about these prophets. Yes, yeah, she did. Okay. So go and tell her to watch this. Sure, yeah. And tell her to come next week, and then I'll talk to her. Okay. Okay. Do you know the prophetic requires a big heart, I'm telling you. Because when you get to know at times what people are saying and discussing, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Somebody say interesting. Say interesting. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given us authority. I want you to take your life back from the enemy. Stop living as a victim and start enforcing your kingdom authority. Am I communicating to somebody? Start enforcing your kingdom authority and your kingdom dominion. We are going to use that scripture. I want you to declare that, Father, today I'm trampling over every serpent, every scorpion, all the power of the enemy. Some of you, you've been having attacks even during this fast. Don't give up. It is a sign that something is happening in your life. The enemy is just trying to discourage you. And that's why we are praying this prayer. So that you have grace to finish through to the end. Are you ready for us to pray? Say, Father, today, as I clap my hands and begin to pray, Say, I trample over serpents, over scorpions, and all the power of the enemy. Say, I crush you today. 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 Shout, I crush you today. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. We've got one minute. Father, we crush every serpent. We crush every scorpion. All the attacks of the enemy that have been coming against our lives. We crush them. We crush them. We crush them. We crush them. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We crush them. We crush them. We crush them. 